I just got back from a few days in Hong Kong, which most people would agree is one of the greatest cities in the world. Now, Toronto likes to think of itself as on a similar level to Hong Kong, as one of the great cities of the world. But are we really there, or could we get there one day? We'll answer that question on today's episode. Welcome to the True Condos Podcast with Andrew LaFleur, the place to get the truth on the Toronto condo market and condo investing in Toronto. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for listening in, and thank you for your support. Especially thanks to anyone of you who have left reviews for the show on iTunes. I've got a great review this week from Duncan Smith. And Duncan says, Even as an insider in the condo development industry, I find Andrew's podcast to be full of useful information and would highly recommend it to anyone interested in the world of real estate investing, particularly those who are looking to get into the market for the first time. In a world where it can seem like everyone and their uncle is a part-time real estate agent, it's refreshing to hear someone like Andrew who's constantly working to master the industry in order to provide the best advice to his clients. A common theme throughout the podcast is to think critically and tune out the doom and gloom scenarios so often painted in the media. To that, I would add, it's just as important to ignore the buy, buy, buy hype. Not all real estate investments are created equal. And this podcast is a great place to learn some of the tools to help weed out the bad from the good. Keep it up, Andrew. Well, thank you very much again, Duncan Smith, um, for that uh, very uh, kind review of the show. And I really appreciate the support. Thank you um, for listening and supporting the show to everyone. Um, Again, this podcast is all about informing you on what's happening in the Toronto condo market and uh, bringing you uh, exposure to experts and industry insiders, uh, hearing what they have to say, people that you otherwise would not hear from or people that you just get little sound bites here and there, little one-sentence clips in uh, news articles, but without getting the full context, the full story. Um, And it's also, of course, a place to learn about great investment opportunities. Um, And like you said, Duncan, is to is to weed out the, um, as I call it, the the 95 percent of of uh, opportunities that are not worth investing in and finding the 5 percent that are worth investing in. So thank you. Okay, getting back to to the topic of today's podcast, once again, as I mentioned in the intro, just got back from a great trip to Hong Kong. So I, uh, I've actually been there before, but not since I was very, very small. And so I don't, uh, I really consider this my first time uh, in Hong Kong and in that uh, part of the world. So it's a very interesting and eye-opening experience for me, obviously, um, as someone who uh, makes a living uh, and, and does uh, my own, my, and does a lot of investing in Toronto and in high-rise condominiums to go to a city like Hong Kong, which is known as sort of the high-rise capital of the world. I believe there's there's more um, high-rise buildings there than anywhere else in the world. So it's a great trip from uh, that perspective for sure. So I wanted to just sort of reflect back on my time in Hong Kong. I know I have many listeners in Hong Kong as well um, and around the world. So uh, you might appreciate this especially, but it's a city that, um, you know, everyone would agree Hong Kong is one of the great cities of the world. And Toronto, we are constantly, you know, wondering if we are on that same level, if we are 
one of the great cities of the world too. If we, if that's the direction that we're heading, if if we're maybe we're already there. Um, and so I wanted to sort of look and do some sort of comparisons between Hong Kong and Toronto, um, and look at what uh, the future might hold for a city like us here in Toronto. When you look at cities like Hong Kong and others that are um, further ahead, you could say the development curve of of being a city. So I want to look at a few observations uh, of Hong Kong and and sort of look at how it uh, might reflect on us here in Toronto. So the first thing is, obviously, as I mentioned, Hong Kong is an extremely vertical city. We talk a lot about in Toronto how, um, you know, the the shift has taken place in the last 10 years from uh, building out to building up with the introduction of the Green Belt in 2005, uh, the Places to Grow legislation um, in Ontario, essentially creating an island effect around the greater Toronto area, uh, of which uh, when you are in the Green Belt, you cannot build. So uh, this has forced developers um, to, to, um, to stop you know, just basically sprawling out and continuing to build low-rise, low-rise, further and further and further away from the core of the city. And um, more and more um, new homes are of the of vertical in nature as opposed to low-rise. So they're, we're building up instead of building out. Uh, now, if you think we have a lot of cranes in Toronto, if you think we have a lot of high-rises in Toronto, it's just absolutely nothing compared to Hong Kong, as I mentioned. Um, there's, there's really, I mean, you just, it's hard to describe until you've seen it. It's just, uh, there are no houses essentially in Hong Kong. The entire city is, uh, vertical. The entire city is high rise. Um, there, you know, you could say, how much does it cost to buy a house in Hong Kong? I mean, there, it's no, there's no such thing. There are no houses. Um, you know, if you could find one, it, uh, it would be worth, you know, the land that's sitting on would be worth you know, so many tens of millions of dollars that, uh, I mean, it's just, uh, it's, you can't even compare uh, these two cities on that extent. So when you look at Hong Kong and how vertical it is, and you look at the fact that everyone lives in high-rise buildings, and that is just the norm, normal way of living, everyone lives in small-sized apartments as well. These are not large uh, apartments for the most part. Um, families living in 300, 400, 500 square feet is normal. It's not uh, considered strange. It's not considered um, unusual. It's not. Uh, it's not a, a, a secondary choice if you can't afford a home. It is your only choice. You 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 are born in an apartment. You grow up in an apartment. You when you move out and you start your own family, uh, you are in an apartment. And when you are, your family moves out and you're downsizing, and that's you're also in an apartment. It's just that is the way of life. In Hong Kong and many cities like that. So compare that to Toronto. We have a long way to go. I think Toronto, um, you know, a great, great quote that I heard from uh, a colleague um, recently uh, uh, in in the industry. You know, people say they look at the skyline, they just see so many cranes. There's too many condos going up. And his comment was fantastic. He said, "Well, he he looks at the skyline of Toronto. All he sees are the holes." There's so many holes still in the skyline that need to be filled in. Um, and he's right. And that's just a, a brilliant way to, to put it, that um, we have so much more room to grow. Um, the downtown core is 
is filling in nicely and it is really starting to look um, like a major world city like so many others. Uh, but we still have a lot of room for growth um, in the core over the next few years. Um, and that will only continue outside of the core as well. So that's the first point about the vertical city of Hong Kong and how it compares to Toronto. The second observation main point that I want to talk about is that Hong Kong is a very international city. Um, this is something that kind of surprised me in a way, caught me a bit off guard. Um, one of the main things I noticed right away is that Hong Kong is an extremely international city and you've got people in Hong Kong, you know, as you're walking down the street, you really see people from all over the world um, on the street. Um, you know, Caucasians, Asians, South Asians, Africans, Europeans, um, a lot of Australians. Um, it's uh, it's truly a uh, a global city, um, and I thought that was uh, very striking to to sort of see a and a characteristic of of Hong Kong. Now, how does that compare to Toronto? Well, I would say it's it's still not even close to being as international of a city as Toronto. And in all my travels around the, the world, I've yet to find any city that comes close to the city of Toronto. I think the closest perhaps would be New York City. But even New York City, if you've spent time there, um, you'd probably agree that it's, it is not like Toronto. It is uh, the, the international feel, the, um, melt, the, the sort of diversity, the, the global city kind of aspect of Toronto, I believe, makes us you know, the unique city of the world from that perspective. Um, I believe there's no city in the world that can claim the sort of multiculturalism that we have here in Toronto. And I believe that that is what uh, makes us such an attractive place to be. Um, it's both, it's, I guess you could say it's both a cause and a symptom of, uh, of the greatness of the city. Um, that, uh, you know, more people from around the world come to Toronto because it's international and, um, and, you know, because it's a great city, it's attracting more people from around the world and becomes more international. So it's kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way, or it's a circle that just keeps on um, perpetuating. I mean, I think the latest statistics from the past few years, more than half of the population of Toronto are uh, not born in Toronto now. I mean, it's uh, the majority of people in Toronto are not from Canada uh, it's it's a very unique time in history. It's a very interesting city to be in. I don't know if there's ever been a city like that, um, certainly of the size of Toronto, anywhere in, in the world or in the history of the world. Uh, it's a very interesting um, thing to think about. And, and I think it, it uh, again, is a key factor in our prosperity. And I think it will be a key factor in our prosperity moving forward. Um, and I do think it, you know, might not happen this year, might not happen in the next 10 years, it might not happen in the next 20 years, but I do believe there will be a time, uh, in my lifetime where Toronto will be, um, clearly recognized as, you know, as one of the top, you know, five or, or six, um, great, great cities of the world, um, because of this aspect and because of the uniqueness of Toronto, being a, a key factor in that. So again, it's, uh, it is a fantastic place to invest um, when you sort of think of it from the, that perspective that so many people around the world want to come to our city. 
um, because of its attractiveness. And we have an opportunity now to take part and invest in the city now before um, before it sort of becomes this uh, behemoth global uh, global uh, city. So the third point, third observation I want to make about Hong Kong and, and uh, compare that to Toronto. Third thing is it's a very expensive city. Now, you know, obviously you're probably uh, looking at these observations and they're, they're not rocket science observations or anything, but um, I think, again, the, the interesting thing is, you know, how these things came about and, and how it compares to Toronto. So, yes, obviously Hong Kong is a very expensive city. You probably know that if you've been there, you obviously know that. If you know anything about Hong Kong, uh, you, you probably assume that. And it is true. It's a very expensive city. Um, you know, real estate, you look at comparing real estate markets to Toronto. I mean, it, it's it's like comparing, you know, Hong Kong to Toronto is like Toronto to, you know, like Sudbury or Thunder Bay or something. I mean, it's uh, it's just, uh, it's night and day. There's, they're almost on different planets. Like, Hong Kong real estate in many cases is it's 10 times it's not double the price it's not triple the price it's 10 times the price of Toronto I mean it's not even there's not they're on separate spectrums they're on separate I mean you just can't emphasize enough how different it is in terms of the price of real estate and the price of many things um uh, in the city so some things are similar prices um, but um, so many things are so much more expensive in a city like Hong Kong compared to Toronto it's a very expensive city but what's interesting when you talk to people that live there and people that understand the culture and, and the local um, politics and, and, and everything that's happening on the ground uh, it's a very expensive city but there are very few rich people well, I guess there's a lot of rich people in terms of it's a big city, so you have a large number of rich people, but the vast, vast majority, you know, 80, 90% of the population are not wealthy at all. In fact, they're very uh, sort of middle class or lower middle class. Um, when you look at income levels, the vast majority of the population in Hong Kong, my understanding is um, they are making, you know, sort of fit forty, fifty thousand dollars a year very average to below average kind of uh, wages are normal. So it's a very, uh, it's, it's definitely a, a have and have not um, scenario in that city um, where you've got a small number of people at the top making all the money and then you have a huge amount of people at the bottom making, you know, little to average uh, just getting by sort of amounts of money. So that obviously is... Uh, you know, not an ideal scenario to to uh, build a, a city upon. Um, and again, when you compare that to Toronto, we have a, a very different scenario. We have a very strong middle and uh, sort of upper middle class in the city with uh, a very large base of people making, uh, making uh, a reasonable living and able to afford um, real estate and able to afford many... Um, uh, you know, very good life lifestyle uh, living in this city. Now, what does the future hold for Toronto? Well, I, th- I think we're definitely trending more towards a Hong Kong sort of model as many cities and many uh, urban centers in the world are trending. That is, you know, the rich will get richer and the poor, in a sense, will get poorer as the city becomes more expensive. 
um, as people are priced out of real estate, as taxes continue to rise, as service costs continue to rise, as inflation continues to um, increase the cost of living at a faster rate than um, wages are increasing for the average person. But again, the people at the top, um, the people who are sort of benefiting from the new knowledge-based economy uh, in a city like Toronto are going to do very, very well. And they're going to do, in fact, better and better and better. And there will be more and more people um, in that uh, in that sort of scenario, in that bracket. Um, and so I, I do believe that Toronto will become close, you know, it's trending in the direction of, uh, of a Hong Kong, of a New York, of a London, where, you know, if you think the question today people are asking is, how can anyone afford these houses? How can anyone afford these condos in Toronto? Well, you, you know, you ain't seen nothing yet is, is what I would say. I mean, I think that um, that's just the reality of, of any major world city is you have a, a huge, huge amounts of wealth, but they're concentrated in a, in a, a smaller and smaller percentage of the overall population and the, uh, and the, and the rich continue to get richer. So what is that, you know, getting a bit heady here, getting a bit esoteric on the podcast. I apologize if you're, if I lost you, but um, what does that mean for condo investors? It means, again, uh, we're in a unique time in history here, I believe, where you can still afford to purchase real estate. You know, I always say, you, you know, you can buy a you can buy a, a piece of property that you can live in that is, you know, a five, you know, 10, 15 minute walk to the financial center of this country for $200,000, $250,000. You can still do that today. Uh, you cannot do that in any other major world city um, anywhere. Uh, th- this is a very unique. Um, we have a fantastic opportunity as investors to get these properties now that are, I believe, extremely cheap compared to what they will be, extremely cheap, obviously, compared to Hong Kong or any other city around the world. So, um if you've got money sitting in the bank, if you've got money uh, doing nothing in the stock market, you know now is still a great, great time to get that money into the real estate market. Um, jump in with both feet uh, and, and get ready for a fantastic, fantastic ride over the next 10 to 20 years as Toronto, I believe, is, is really going to boom. Okay, that is the third point. The fourth and final point is around transportation and how people get around in a city like Hong Kong. So probably comes as no surprise again that um, public transportation, uh, subways and buses uh, and taxis are how everyone gets around in, in a city like Hong Kong. So our obsession here in Toronto with, with cars and with making our roads bigger and, uh, you know, this debate about the... Uh, Gardner Expressway and what should we do with that and and the sort of back and forth between the car culture people and the other side, the the public transit or bike culture. I mean, again, if you look at what's happening in in other cities around the world, like Hong Kong, um, cars are, people do not have cars. Even very wealthy people do not have cars. They don't drive. Um, If you if you have a car in Hong Kong, you probably have so much money that you don't even drive it. You just have a driver who drives you around. Um, 
you know, parking is is so expensive in Hong Kong that yeah, a lot of a lot of people that if they have a car, they they have a driver and they just get driven somewhere, and the the car never parks. The driver just drives around, um, and uh, you know, picks you up sort of after you've gone to dinner or after you've gone to whatever you're you're, you're doing. Um, driving is 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 an ultimate luxury, you know, in in a major city. Uh, like Hong Kong is, uh, you know, if you're driving, it's it's very unusual. You know, most, the vast majority of the vehicles on the road are taxis. Um, taking a taxi around is is uh, relatively cheap. It's definitely cheaper than Toronto. Um, it's interesting to see, again, what's happening in Toronto. Um, if we want to become a major world city, a global, uh, you know, powerhouse like a Hong Kong or like a New York or London, we definitely, definitely, definitely need to invest way, way more into our public uh, transit network. Um, yes, we're getting the density. Yes, we're getting more and more uh, people living in the core and living in urban areas and, and being able to be closer to where they work and, and families are, are shifting from the mindset of always living in a house to living in um, you know more vertical living. It's happening, but it's only going to be sustainable. It's only going to be as successful as the uh, as the infrastructure will allow it to be. So um, that is one area where I'm sort of skeptical, um, sort of concerned about Toronto and the growth. To be honest, is um, is do we have the political sort of willpower, the political um, uh, you know ability to uh, to to make the necessary investments into our uh, public transportation network to make this happen, to make it, uh, to make us sort of uh, on the same level as, as some of these other cities like Hong Kong. And time will tell. Time will tell if that uh, if that does in fact happen, or if we are sort of destined to always be a um, sort of car centric at the end of the day, car centric um, uh, city at the end of the day. Uh, time will tell which uh, which way that goes, but either way, um, the the future is looking very good for Toronto real estate and Toronto real estate investors. Okay, that's uh, that's enough for today. Hopefully, you enjoyed that. Hopefully, there's some uh, insights in there that you found interesting, especially if you've been to Hong Kong. I'd love to hear from you your thoughts on the city and your thoughts on uh, how it compares to Toronto and how uh, how we. You know, maybe it, will we become like Hong Kong? And I'd love to hear your side of it too. So feel free to send me an email, Andrew at truecondos.com anytime. And I'd love to hear from you. Okay. Until next time, I hope you have a great week and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the True Condos Podcast. Remember, your positive reviews make a big difference to the show. To learn more about condo investing, become a True Condos subscriber by visiting truecondos.com.